Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine, and we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after <laughs> forever and ever. No. No. <laughs> no. We are definitely not going to do that. We are sick of that story, and it's a lie. It is a lie. You're listening to The New Truth, a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love. We are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire. Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. Blurt like you mean it with Cora Boyd. Oh my God, Kate and I cannot wait for you all to hear this episode. It was incredible. I'm actually still buzzing after talking to her. And that's the usual thing when you get a bunch of relationship coaches in a room. But Cora has this unique magic, unique perspective, and incredibly unique story that you'll get to hear about how she came to be who she is. And we really, we dove into her, her story and really took on the truth about flirting and how to empower yourself around flirting, how to make dating freaking fun and take all the density and heaviness out of it. And, you know, of course, we dropped some reminders around the old paradigm of love and how important it is to let that go and what the new paradigm of love and empowerment and dating can actually look like. Yeah. Yeah. It was so fun. She, I mean, she's just like, it's funny. I, I say fairy dust at one point and, and she's like such a little fairy. Like she, she's just like this magical being and it's, and she's just so creatively expressed and, and the way that she, the way that she, I mean, the metaphor she uses and the way that Mm. she, um, the way that she paints the picture is just like, she, there's so many nuggets that I'd never heard before. And and just, it's so amazing how, yeah, there's just so many perspectives. And I feel like this episode, there's a lot, I mean, it's long and there are a lot of, um, incredible, just gold, gold nuggets that are going to change everything. So you are absolutely going to want to listen to all of it. So listen in and I'll introduce Cora and then you'll get to hear the episode. So Cora Boyd is a love and life coach and entrepreneur who helps millennials decode dating and relationships and get creative with social energetics to thrive. Cora's six-figure coaching business has helped her audience of 32,000 build the skills and confidence they need to find love and create meaningful relationships. Certified in positive psychology and with a playful personality, Cora has worked with everyone from Ivy League professors to celebrities to Silicon Valley executives. She is the host of the podcast Pillow Talk Radio. She has contributed thought pieces to Tinder's Swipe Life, the Gottman Institute, and Thought Catalog. And for her expertise, she has been featured in Bumble, Elite Daily, Bustle, The Daily Beast, and TV New England. Her videos on YouTube have also been viewed over 27 million times. So she's a big deal and you are going to want to have a notebook nearby (laughs) to take notes as you listen to this episode. Let us 
us know what you think, of course, on the New Truth Movement Facebook group. We can't wait and we so appreciate and love hearing from you and what you think of the episodes and our guests. So enjoy. And also, I just want to say, if you're not a millennial, you this is relevant yes. to you too. I mean, she, she specifically works with millennials, but you, I mean, it doesn't matter. You can be 75. This is relevant. The art of flirtation is one of the keys to joy and to actually living joyously. So um, it's certainly been a, a superpower of mine and of being able to harness and, and really learn how to stand in it. And yeah, there's just so many gifts in this episode. So it's for all women. (laughs) Enjoy. Hello, beautiful. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I just wanted to quickly interrupt and let you know that I have an expanded love masterclass coming up. And the Expanded Love Masterclass is coming up um, at the end of May. It's May 24th through 28th. It's totally free. And I'm going to go deep, deep, deep into the saboteur with you. We had one that was in April. It got moved to May. So May 24th to 28th. If you're already registered, amazing. If not, click the link below, grab your spot. I'm going to share with you all the tips and tools of how to navigate not letting your saboteur lead your life, not letting your saboteur make your choices um, so that you can start to have a much more pleasurable time dating in your relationships, getting to know people and falling in love with yourself. And I had to share with you this gift of a five-day masterclass. I will be going live every day Pacific time from 12 to 1 the week of May 24th, but you have to register in order to be a part of it. So link below to check out and have more to get more details. I hope to see you there and uh, enjoy the episode. Cora, thank you so much for joining us on the New Truth Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. We are so excited to talk about many, many things, including flirting and your dating superpower. And I have to say, one, Kate, I'm obsessed with you and I'm so happy we have this podcast. And two, having a podcast is the best because I feel like I'm getting to go on first dates with the most incredible people. There are so many incredible people and Cora, you are incredible. I can't even remember how I found you or how long I've been following you on Instagram, but you have this magic of like owning exactly who you are that is incredibly inspiring to me and I've appreciated it. And that's why I reached out and wanted to share you with our audience. Cause it feels like everyone needs some Cora Boyd in their <laughs> life. And that's, that's really how I feel. So thank uh, you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm super excited for this episode. Thank you. That hit me right on the heart chords. <laughs> thank you so much. That really means a lot. It's, it's always nice to feel like what I'm creating is like impacting. That's, always a good reminder. Thank you. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. So we have to begin with how the heck did Cora Boyd become Cora Boyd (laughs) in the world? You have this amazing story and magic of dating and being a matchmaker into who you are now. So wherever you'd like to begin. Yeah. I want to know like what you're like, where were you before you became the magical matchmaker? <laughs> like what was your pain? What was your life like? Um, what were your relationships like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Where to begin? Where to begin? Well, <laughs> I feel like a, a relevant um, 
a relevant piece of information is that oh, I, I'm from Washington, DC or Bethesda, Maryland to be exact. Um, I went to a Waldorf school my whole life. I don't know if you guys have heard of Waldorf. Have no. you heard, you have, okay. I have, yeah. I yeah. don't know what okay, it is. I went to American have. University. Oh, you did? So I was like, I was living in Bethesda when I was in college. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I lived um, right by Glen Echo. I grew up right by Glen Echo. Yes. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah, my gosh, so, wild. wild. Yeah, I went to a um, Waldorf school, which is if anyone is familiar with Montessori. Um, oh, okay. It's not Montessori. It's like uh, kind of like the weirder, more obsolete cousin of Montessori. <laughs> um, but that, that, you know, what I went from preschool through high school. And I think that um, mm. that made a big impact on me. It's, you know, hard for me to zoom out and be like, who would I be if I, it's just, that yeah. was my upbringing. So heavily arts infused, my mom's an artist um, and a curator. Um, and I just grew up in this environment of like, a lot of personal expression and and all of those things then I moved to New Orleans uh, Louisiana um, where I went to school and I um, I was a creative writing major so thanks on the writing yeah thank you and that's it's funny too it's like people always say oh what are you gonna do with an English major literally whatever the fuck you want. Communication. Yeah, it's yeah. communication. So that, um, mm -hmm. that in a lot of ways was the foundation of, of my interest in communication and, and like written communication. Um, uh, and I also, um, I've always loved connecting. I've, I've always been a very like social connector type of person. Um, and I lived abroad, uh, a lot from starting when I was 15 and at various intervals, um, mostly in Latin America um, and like through early twenties too. So I traveled a lot and like that, that has made a big impact on my work too because I learned how to connect uh, through like across cultures, like when I didn't speak the language, uh, when I like, appreciating differences it, like all of that I think has been really foundational for what I the perspective I bring to relationships and um something I always emphasize to my clients is like every relationship is a cross-cultural relationship every relationship because yes. we've got the family culture we've got that like we are all just very unique little um hybrids of different cultures so i think that when we can look at it from that place like so much relationship frustration um comes from expecting sameness expecting or like expecting other people to know or they should or they should read my mind or whatever um so that was a big foundational piece mm. too um and then i um i caught wind around a time um I really had no idea what I wanted to do career-wise. I felt like I, I was not very encouraged about what it felt like the options were. I like was in this period of like a lot of exploration. I went um, backpacking for a year and just kind of met all these people in different lifestyles and started to open up to, um, oh, mate maybe I could do whatever I want. <laughs> maybe, that's a, maybe that's a possibility. Um, 
So around that time, I was doing a lot of searching and I was, it, it was very existential time for me. Um, I had also um, studied psychology a lot and I had done a, a year long certification in, in the psychology of happiness um, and learned deeper about the importance of connection and how quality of relationships is our number one predictor of happiness um, and just getting really passionate about quality of life. Um, so I had a friend around that time who had moved to San Francisco and become a matchmaker. And that was the first time it really, like anything like that got on my radar. I was like, what, what? <laughs> matchmaker, like that sounds fun. Like communication, people, connections. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and a side note of this too, is that I um, have loved dating. I loved dating uh, my whole life. <laughs> I've like always nurtured a like vibrant love life. Um, so that has been um, something that, you know, I've had, of course, heartache and difficulties and all of the, all of the stuff of the realness of it. Um, and ultimately it, like that area of my life is something that um, I always took a lot of found and gleaned a lot of meaning from. Um, mm -hmm. So I was really comfortable dating, um, even as I was uncomfortable, because that's part of the comfort is being like, oh, what's gonna, I don't know what's going to happen, or I feel awkward, or I feel, you know, all of those things. Um, so I caught wind of, of matchmaking as an option around this time. And like with the communication and, and um, the connecting and the love of dating and, and the social factor, so like all of these things, I was like, oh, I could do that. I could totally do that. So um, I, I also at that time, because I had been traveling, I was really attracted to the idea of um, remote work. Mm -hmm. uh, or like kind of like freedom and lifestyle. And I was, I was just really interested in lifestyle and quality of life and different possibilities. So um, by a twist of the universe, I, I manifested a remote matchmaking job, <laughs> which I, I was like, I want to be a matchmaker and I want to, I want to work remotely. And then it happened. I had no idea that was an option, but that it happened. And this was the time too, I feel like the perspective has shifted so much in the last um, year, but like if we can even track back a handful of years, like remote work was not as common at all. No, yes. no, <laughs> not as common. Um, so I started doing that and I, I match made, I match made <laughs> <laughs> for two years. I did that job for two wow. years. Um, and in that time, I, um, I just got so much insight. I mean, I was just conducting hundreds and hundreds, probably like over a thousand total conversations with people about dating and like all different types of people, all different demographics, ages, all over the country. Um, and I really, uh, I mean, it was just firsthand market research. I, yes. I, was, like, <laughs> I was like, what's going on? Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So I... I really, um, through all of that, got privy to um, like what's going on here, like what's going on with the with the modern dating landscape. I like to call it the lovescape, <laughs> the, <laughs> the modern lovescape. Yeah. Um, why is it that so many people are 
struggling so much. Um, Cause I was talking to people who were feeling really frustrated, not everyone, um, but the majority of people I was talking to um, felt like I could feel a lot of density in their energy. There was a lot of frustration. There was a lot of stuckness. Um, and I started to look at the different variables and, you know, online dating and then noticing and like hetero dating, just a lot of confusion as, um, you know, conversations have been evolving around um, equality and like a lot of people not really knowing how, what, what does that mean for like, does she open the door now? Like, just like confusion about like what that means for hetero relationships and like that being a big variable. And then um, as uh, polyamory and just different, different possibilities of, of relationship formats have, you know, always existed, but have come more into the lexicon. Um, I was just noticing how confused a lot of people are. And then also like taking that into account, I knew from um, my happiness psychology work and just kind of research that uh, just how bad the loneliness epidemic is and how, mm. um, you know, despite the very technically connected, this is even more relevant now, um, despite being more technically connected, um, how lonely and disconnected so many people feeling and then, you know, dating apps and um, all that that has introduced, all that it's opened up. And then also all that, um, all the behaviors and kind of um, not so wonderful things it can reinforce for people. Um, so all of that, and then also noticing that I was talking to a lot of men who really um, really needed support and guidance. Um, and most of the places they had available to go to for that was like pickup artist stuff or mm. just like right. pretty distorted things that um, don't actually lead to connection. What they're wanting is love. What they're wanting is connection. Um, so I was just seeing all of that. Um, and then also um, noticing too, how at that time, I think this has shifted. I'm not, I'm actually not even sure. I don't know if it's, I'm deeper in the scene or like I'm more aware of it or I don't know what it is, but at that time um, it didn't feel like there were as many um, relationship coaches or mm. kind of like, uh, I don't know, has that shifted? Is it, it just that I'm in it? It's I think it's shifted because life, I mean, life coaching, even if we just think of life coaching, that hasn't been around forever. Like that even is still a new thing. And most people yeah. went either didn't go for relationship. It went to relationship advice on Google or it was very, very secretive behind the doors <laughs> in therapist exactly. office. So exactly. for sure, um, I don't know what year it was that you're in the matchmaking, but definitely I think relationship coaching at the same time of life coaching is now blooming. 
Absolutely. Yeah. When I studied coaching back, like it was almost 15 years ago now, nobody knew what a coach was. Like literally nobody knew. Everybody was like, what do you mean a light? a life coach. What is that? And I think that as the coaching industry boomed, people started to realize they needed to specify in something. Yeah. So that like, yeah, now everyone in the dog is a coach and (laughs) yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, at that time it was weird. This wasn't even very long ago, but it was like, I'd same thing where hey, yes. I'm a dating yeah. coach, I'm in a relationship. They're like, what? 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 Yes. I yeah. still get that. At the, I the, still get the, that. The people yeah. at the, the, the people that it's the border, whatever they're called, the border patrol people. Um, whenever I go to the States, like they always ask what I do. And I say, and, and like, they're like, what do you mean? Like hitch? Like what? What? Oh, like, yeah. what's that? like, what is that? And they're so curious and it totally like softens them. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also get that all the like hitch. Yeah. <laughs> so <funny. laughs> Hundreds of times. It's, it is cute. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. so much better. Yeah. Even the way. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, so around that time, I, I just started to see these different variables, and um, I so I decided to transition into coaching um, because I was noticing that in matchmaking, that's what I actually really liked was to do. doing. Yeah. That's what I really was doing anyway, and that it was ultimately so much more empowering um, to people to help them make those shifts so that they can navigate their love lives for themselves, um, where I saw in matchmaking that, you know, it, as, as you both know very well, it wouldn't matter if I introduced them to the perceived perfect person, if they showed up and did the same thing again and again and again and again. Um, and then even perceptions of who it has to be and what the checklist is and all of these things. I I just started to feel that it wasn't, um, there was something more empowering I could be doing around this um, for individual people. So I transitioned into coaching and I transitioned to coaching just men, Um, Mm. just men. So when I started my business, I only coached men, um, which was really fun. And I'm I'm actually really excited because I'm, I just ran a couple programs for women and I'm about to run another men's program and I haven't in a year. And I'm like, ah, we're back. What's up guys. (laughs) Um, so I, I love working with men. Um, and I think there, uh, there's definitely in terms of my work with women now, um, it's really valuable how much I have worked with men and, and just like, I, I feel like a liaison in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So I, 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 uh, started the coaching business is coaching men, um, single men. Um, and, I moved to Seattle. I started um, doing these live events. So I have um, three different live event series. Um, one is my first one, which was very experimental. It's called Tinder is the Night, um, where I would get a chef and then I would get six couples on six first Tinder dates. And then we'd all cook a dinner party together. That is amazing. amazing. <laughs> Absolutely outrageous. Um, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. So I've thrown a, a hand, like a, a, in a handful of different locations, I've done those. Um, those are really fun and very wild. And the, the intention with that, um, something that I think is really awesome about online dating is how uh, it's a powerful tool and it, it 
um, allows you to cross paths with people totally outside of your network. So to me, you know, with all the, the other variables that I like to make my clients aware of too, um, that's a really cool feature. Um, so the intention of that event was just to leverage that and have fun with it and get, get this group of people from totally disparate social networks, who, like a motley crew together, um, who have all you know, self-selected in some sort of way for adventurousness because mm. they're willing to do this. Um, mm -hmm. together and, and have a dinner party. Cause I also love, um, I'm really interested in uh, community too. Mm. And that's yeah, another big piece from my happiness studies and all of these things. I'm really interested, especially with how disconnected people feel. It's not just, it's not just the love life. It's, it's connection across the board. Um, mm -hmm. So I love dinner parties. That's one of my favorite ways to connect. It's kind of intimate, but you know, there's some hubbub going on. So that was um, one of my event series, Tinder is the night. Um, and then uh, another one is Date Night Live uh, with Cora Boyd. And that is a live uh, dating game show. So- What? Um, yeah, yeah. So there so was- fun. Uh, So yeah, really fun. I My intention with the events is really like, to create a space where people can come together, but it's not expressly a singles event. Mm -hmm. I did notice uh, like yes. people get very nervous. Yes. <laughs> it just puts a lot of pressure. It puts a lot yeah. of pressure. So the theme is dating, but, um, and a lot of people there are single, but not everyone, you don't have to be single to be there, but um, we're kind of like subverting or like almost making fun of dating in a way that like, I always try to bring humor with my clients, like bring humor to the process. Yes. Um, just to alleviate that density, that frustration, um, which yes. is huge in what I teach around flirting too. It's that that energy of play um, yeah. and exploration and, and, and really allowing that to be part of it. Cause for me, that's, um, that's why I've always loved my love life is that uh, it's like, oh, who do I get to? who am I with this person? Like what, what is this person going to teach me? How are we going to expand each other? It is so fun. It is such an exploration. Um, so that the live dating game show, um, basically there's a live audience and then there are six singles, um, who get up on stage and I MC it and we put them each in the hot seat. So there's like rapid fire questions and the audience gets to ask them whatever they want and gets to know them. And then, um, the audience match makes them <laughs> and then they have a dance off to win an all expenses paid date. Oh Whoever, my God. The couples that get matched. It's, it's a raucous time. I can't wait to do it again. And I, um, did it in a, like a kind of late night burlesque club theater and, um, bring an expert and a comedian and a musician. And it's like a late night variety mm. dating game show. Um, so that one is wow. really, really fun. <laughs> yeah. These are next level. Like you're, I mean, okay. I'm, I'm like, your creativity is off the charts, but of course you went to a Waldorf school. Like you're, that it's so beautiful that your, that your mom, that you, that that was fostered in you from such a young age. So it's just like, that is amazing. <laughs> Thank oh you. my gosh. Thank you. I'll tell my mom. She'll be, she'll be thrilled. Yeah, good job, mom. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And yeah, for uh, all the women listening that yet, 
you can, and this is my experience of you online and, and like your message is, and you, this lives inside all of us, mm-hmm. period. Like yeah. the creative artist, fully self-expressed, it might not look the way that yours looks, mm-hmm. but I'm, I, there's all these research studies that when like kindergartners are asked, who's an artist? Like everyone raises their hands sure. like big. And, and then by seven, by second grade, not everyone raises their hand. Right. Mm-hmm. So it is conditioned out. And I, and so much of why we're having you on the podcast is for everyone to remember that it, it yes, this comes easy to you because you've been fostering it your whole life versus mm-hmm. everyone listening. This is your permission slip right now to remember that every day you go on, you're on a game show. Like, imagine that, imagine thinking that that that's the day. Imagine just holding that energy in your head that like, who am I going to meet? What are we going to talk about? What's this going to be like? And we forget that. It's always, ooh, is this person going to like me? Oh, we going to live yeah. happily ever after? Like, oh, I'm mm-hmm. awkward. And like we, and that's because we've lost mm-hmm. the essence of who we are. So I love it, this. I love this. Yeah. yeah, it's our protective mechanisms that are going on dates. Like it's not actually our souls. It's not, right. we're not like connected to ourselves. That's why there's all this fear and like letting fear lead the experience rather than connecting with these aspects of you and letting your heart lead and letting your soul lead and letting your like the innocence in you lead and mm-hmm. yeah so cool mm-hmm. oh my mm-hmm. gosh I just love I want to come to these experiences I know I and I can you're just yeah. so close yeah <laughs> yeah that, uh, that's so important what you said too and I noticed you know I actually just ran a program um about uh creativity um and kind of like work-life synergy and energy um, mastery. And a huge reason why I um, decided to run that program is exactly what you said of uh, so many people don't hold the identity of being creative, but we're we're all like, we're creating our lives all the time. We're all creative. And it like, I think there's a misconception too, to be a creative person. It means you have to have mastered one artistic medium um, rather than just uh, living creatively and like letting your life be a medium and dabbling in as many mediums as you want. And you don't have to be good at mm-hmm. everything in order to enjoy it. Um, I, I One of my favorite books is uh, Big Magic by Elizabeth mm-hmm. Gilbert. I actually yeah. have a tattoo of the, the lobster. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you'll remember the lobster story where he shows up to the castle in France. Dress yeah. the lobster. Yeah, I have a tattoo of that. That's um, amazing. Yeah. That's a so, must read book for everybody. So good. Um, but to your point too, with creativity, I like what trips so many people up in dating is is thinking that there is a script. Yes. Um, when there's not, there's not a script. And and that's really, you know, what I instill in Um, what I teach my clients is like, you get to allow your love life and dating to be a creative process. Um, Like I also, um, I'm really big on mischievy. (laughs) I I love mischievy. So I'm like, what's the most mischievous way you could do this? Or like, what, what can you, like, what's the weirdest uh, way you could meet someone? So I, with my clients, we gamify a lot. Um, We make games out of things and, um, just kind of bringing that spirit of fun into it because that ultimately is what um, 
that's what we find attractive. That's when we feel attractive. And that's what we find attractive in other people is like their, it's their aliveness. It's their life force. And um, to your point, Kate, too, um, I love what you said about um, our protective mechanisms go on dates. And mm -hmm. it's not, oh, who says this when and who like, you know, who texts who when, like we can understand that when we understand the fundamental dynamics and energetic dynamics that are happening, like reciprocity and investment and all of these things, um, these like core concepts that do help us navigate. Um, but it's, it's not, oh, do these three things and then you'll get a boyfriend um because that despite the people who are selling that shit exactly. yeah, there's exactly. a lot of that there's <laughs> so much of that and there's also you know um people do want quick fixes with this they yes. want fixes often and i'm sure you both i don't need to tell y'all <laughs> like it's like tell me the thing okay yeah. you haven't told me in five seconds it's not but there's also you know i think increasingly um increasingly especially in this last year, I've really seen just uh, more and more desire um, to grow. And I think a lot of people have had space to like, look at some things that maybe they've been avoiding looking at um, and realizing, oh, wait, it's not, this isn't a silver bullet solution thing. Or if I, you know, uh, get that lip gloss, I'm going to get a point. Like, it's because truly, I mean, love too, it's, um, it's it was part of what's so special about it is that it's how highly personalized it is. It's, it's, that's intimacy. Um, so that's a huge part of why um, I take a really highly personalized approach with my clients. And then also um, made a decision early on, um, despite, and you both can probably relate this to this too, but you know, despite external advice to do otherwise, <laughs> um, the decision to just fully be myself and what I'm doing, um, and allow that to stand as permission for my clients to fully be themselves, because that's how we attract people who are into us for who we are is imagine that i know it's so wild because yeah. like if you follow that xyz script of do xyz to get the guy like the uh, the, the scary thing is a lot of those things work because they're based on human psychology mm -hmm. but you're not going to get the right relationship and mm -hmm. you're not going to feel good in the midst of it you might feel good when you're in the high of the fantasy honeymoon but like it when you it's just a setup for it's a setup for a really painful relationship dynamic because whether it's a toxic one or or just a really painful one because you're you're not being who you are mm -hmm. and so like this person you know, oh, we're falling in love. Oh, we're falling in love with what? Your, I call it your saboteur, but like your false identity, like your fall. This man fell in love with like you pretending to be perfect, or you like it's it's not it, it's not a setup for a healthy, thriving, growth based relationship. It's it's a setup for a lot of other things that aren't going to feel good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, exactly, and that's what I was really seeing with. Um, men uh, early on of just 
a, a lot of what was available or you, the YouTube videos or the pickup artist stuff, like, yeah, so, like a lot of it works in the yes. short term. So, yeah, but, exactly. but then inevitably you wonder, there, there's a sense of insecurity always because you wonder, yeah. are they actually into me or are they yeah. just into the meth? Are they, did the methods just work? Um, it's did not it sustainable. Them. Yeah. yeah, did I trick them? Exactly, yeah. exactly. I tricked them with my negs. I've spent yeah. a lot of time in, in those. Um, I mean, I read the game years ago. So I, I have definitely had uh, guys run the the routines on me before and I knew exactly what they were doing. I was like, oh, yes. you're going to neg me next, right? Like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then you're going to hit on my friend and then you're going <laughs> to. Exactly, exactly. So, you're going to hit on so, my friend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And it's not sustainable. It's not actually what people, what, what they want. It's, they want connection. They want connection. Um, so, uh, oh, I do have a third event series. I kind of went off on a tangent, but I do have a third one, which is called, um, Pillow Talks. And this is a, um, it's a cocktail party and like relationship round table. Um, so, it's basically a diverse group of people, all different ages. And then I facilitate a conversation and we have cocktails. Um, so that one's really fun too. Um, I can't wait to do that one again. But yeah, I, I um, moved to Seattle. I started um, uh, hosting these live events and then um, I was doing pro private coaching at the time. Um, and then I, um, I started running group programs. Um, Magnetics Love School is my main. Uh, group program and I the first one I did was with men and it was actually um uh it was actually it started a week before all the lockdowns were put in place so wow month actually I think it ended up being four months um that we spent together this like pod of men um really different guys all over the country um it was really amazing it was really amazing they actually uh they still meet every Friday and play board games. Oh my God. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. I know. Yeah. So that was phenomenal. And then I've, I've um, hosted some uh, group programs for women. I basically have, am doing a combination of, of private and group um, coaching now, but I love the group programs because what happens in the programs is these micro communities form um yeah. and uh they you know everyone in there gets to see oh all these insecurities or these things i am afraid to talk about um other people experience that too it, it's it's so validating and i think it's also the group setting is really valuable for um for people to get to anchor deeper into what they actually want and see oh there is, there's not a one size fits all. Like, yes, there's, there's education we can do. There's skills we can build out. We're not like wandering around in the dark, like without a flashlight. Cause I, I think sometimes when um, the quick, you know, when the three steps isn't offered, it's like, what, but what, what, what do I do? <laughs> like, there are tangible things to grab onto. Like there's skills, yeah. there's reference points, there's understandings. But like, when you look at it as a comprehensive thing because it is and also relationships are living organisms they're always evolving like we're always evolving um it it really is about the 
the conceptual understandings and the, the core confidence and also the owning who you are. Um, owning who you are and recognizing, oh, someone might want to date in that way. Okay, maybe I, maybe I, it's a good idea for me to be discerning about what advice I'm taking because what works for that person might not be the thing that it works for me. Um, yeah. So I love the group programs I've run. So I have Magnetics Love School, which is my kind of core comprehensive um, program. And then I run a, my flirting school, Flirt Harder, which is really yeah. fun. That's the just sort of to flirt. Uh, yeah, thank you. Um, that it. one's great. Um, so uh, that brings us to now, more or less. Um, I, uh, yeah, then I, I have a podcast, but basically, um, Basically, the, the angle that I take, and it's evolving um, always, of course, but uh, I'm, really, I'm really interested in, in helping people um, date creatively and also um, look at it as a playground for personal growth. Mm -hmm. it is <laughs> whether you like it or it not yeah. and if you can embrace it uh, you can feel you know you both notice this so much I'm sure of when people feel disempowered it's because they're putting the um, success metric on the externals rather than yeah. what am I learning from this how am I showing up how am I standing in this boundary how am I um, you know going for the thing I'm a little scared saying the thing I don't totally know what they're going to say back um, and, and it all comes back to um, our quality of life too. So that's something that's a huge thread in, in the coaching that I do is um, you feel most attractive when you're excited, when you're doing things that light you up, when you mm -hmm. um, feel uh, fulfilled, when you are um, meeting your own desires, all of these things. So like um, really looking at quality of life uh, through the avenue of dating. Uh, inevitably, like we hit on all these things when we do the work together. Um, and then also dating through the lens of quality of life. Cause I, I think that's another huge misconception is that it's it's a separate area of life when it's- Yes. You're sharing your life together. You're, yeah. you're doing life together with someone. It's not, here's dating over here here's my job over here, here's yes. like family over here. Like it's, it's all interconnected. Um, so yeah, I, I really look at the work that I do um, is kind of a, a well-being quality of life project as well. Um, and just general fulfillment. And then mm -hmm. as you know, that inevitably, then we, we feel attractive. We, you know, pairing that with actually allowing um, dating to be something that's nourishing, that enhances your life rather than mm -hmm. this, like this drain or this thing we have to do or this chore. Um, cause of course it's not going very well if that's the energy we're bringing to it. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it feels like a chore when it's like, when, when we're dating from the attachment to the result. Mm -hmm. Like it's the, it's the hook of like, I've got to get a relationship or find a boyfriend or find the one or meet my husband versus actually like dating from like, Ooh, like you said, every area of your life, every area of your life is a place for you to experience yourself and experience meeting different parts of yourself and experience showing up 
you know, in different parts of yourself. And so, and I always say to my clients that dating is like, it's a, it's an opportunity to connect. It's a, you're connecting, like rather than calling it dating, call it connecting. Because if you're coming from like everything that you're sharing, which is so beautiful and so powerful, if you're coming from this place of just playing and having fun and creating and, and exploring and getting to know yourself and getting to know other people, these connections might like, the only people in our life is not just a romantic partner. Like we're always making new friendships. Like as we evolve, we attract new people into our life for different reasons. And when you're dating, you're, you're connecting. And especially these events, you're meeting all sorts of people. Not everyone's meant to be your boyfriend, unless you're polyamorous and you want like right. 10 of them. Um, but there's a reason why your souls have come together. And so if we can like actually allow ourselves to just be in the experience and bring our hearts and our and our playfulness and our and ourselves into the experience then it you know you never know why you're sitting across from someone or why you're on the date with this soul and I think we so often miss out on the magic of different connections because of this one track mind. This, the saboteur is like, I need to find a husband. So I'm going to like actively go out there searching and like, my God, you're so disconnected from your magnetism when you're in your head trying to check off boxes and see if this person is the right person versus actually just surrendering to the experience and surrendering to, hmm, I wonder why this soul is coming to my life today. Like, cool. Mm -hmm. What am I going to, maybe it's for me to practice my boundaries. Maybe it's for me to, you know, practice, um, keeping my heart open, even when something doesn't feel aligned or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I keep thinking about so much of why I came into the relationship coaching realm was because I, I was from powerlessness around love. Like I was in that old paradigm princess mentality, which says I don't actually have control over this. So it was a lot of like, T divine timing slash like I don't have to do any work on myself all I have to do is go on a million dates and hope and wish that the right person comes my way and so when when you understand that you're responsible for your life then you get vulnerable to the feedback of your love life which people are not usually interested in like I still like putting everything outside so I, I'm having this incredible experience of like wait a second so first of all, every guy I go out with assumes that I'm going to have sex with them. And I am having sex on every first date. Why is that? <laughs> that's not actually what I want to be happening, but that's what these men assume and expect. And the next thing I know I'm doing it, but I'm out of alignment because I can feel it in my body. Then I end up on again, off again with my ex for three years. Not exactly the experience I want to be having in my love life. Like, why is this happening? And so it requires, like, even as you're listening and, and they wouldn't be listening to the New Tooth podcast if this wasn't what they wanted, like, you have to get vulnerable to what is the feedback of my life right now? What are people saying to me? What kinds of dates am I having? And instead of saying, oh, it's the app, it's the city that I need to change, it's what is actually happening in me. And that's why it is an energetic game because I went from having that experience to literally every single date I went on I got asked out on a second date I, lots of people wanted to go out with me I didn't actually have to date for very long before I met my husband because I was in my heart unattached having the time of my life and falling yeah. and actually falling in love with the beauty of the person in front of me because it's an entire universe like curiosity is exactly. an energy of the heart and when we're stuck and also I wanted to say too, with the comment you made about loneliness, we can't escape that that's the message right now, that the answer to loneliness is a romantic partner. 
Yes. And I work, I work with couples too. Let me tell you how many married people are lonely as fuck. Yes. Okay. Like the answer is not find a partner to cure your loneliness. The answer to loneliness is intimacy with life. Mm. Like mm. you, the answer to loneliness is intimate with self, intimate with life. And I loved flirting harder. Like what an epic fucking title. Yes. Like that is the best. Yes. And, and so I want to talk, I wanted to talk about flirting because to, one of the things I was thinking about as I was listening to one of your episodes this morning was first the kind of shaming on, oh, she's such a flirt. Like I, I can actually still remember being in high school and college where that was negative. Like, oh, she's such a flirt. She's always flirting. Don't flirt with my boyfriend. Like that kind of, first there was that. And then the fear of flirting. I have clients who will say, well, I don't, I don't want to give the wrong impression. Mm-hmm. as if flirting has to have an intention or a manipulation. So this is really, really, really important. I really want to hear your teachings and experience about flirting so that women can come back and do, because I think what, at least my understanding from what you shared before is when you get that this is play and fun, you remember your own power. And that is what the healing antidote to dating was for me. Like I'm choosing to, this is for me. I'm not putting on a performance for men. Like, wait a second. Yeah. I'm not a princess hoping that the right guy comes along and sweeps me off my feet. I'm choosing a partner. I'm choosing how I want to experience dating in my love life. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about flirting. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Amen to everything you just said. I love what you said of the, the, anti- the cure for loneliness is intimacy with life. I wrote that down. Yes. I was like, oh, so, <laughs> so true. It's so true. Um, and, and to what you're saying too, with uh, responsibility, that's like, that is the biggest piece is reframing, um, responsibility as power. I think we hear responsibility and we're like, Oh God, no, no but it, <laughs> it, that's the power. It's even if you're, yes. you know, it's, it's not everything's happening to you. It's, Oh my God, I keep attracting emotionally available men. And it's, it's because it's not they, 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 they did this. It's like, why are you choosing to be available for that? (laughs) So, um, we really do have, we do have the power. We always have the power, um, to, how cool is that? Oh, it's reminding me of the the coolest thing. It's the wizard of Oz, the whole journey. She was speaking the wizard of Oz, but the power was within her all along. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, with flirting, I so hear what you're saying of, um, you know, historically, or, you know, when many of us are growing up, just like, uh, shaming around, oh, she's such a flirt or she's such a tease or whatever. And I think, you know, many of us have internalized that and there's some unlearning to do around that. Um, and then also on the other end of, I don't want to give them the wrong impression. I don't want to like, I don't want to flirt because what if they think, what if I, what if I don't know if I like them? What if I, they, I decide I don't. And then they think that I do. So, um, there's really like the way we can look at flirting is it's, it's, um, it's playing and possibility. It's just playing and potential. It's, it's like opening up this potential realm with someone. And when we say possibility, that doesn't mean definitive that like possibility is not definitive. Um, so flirting it's, you know, it's to explore attraction. 
it's to express attraction, it's to um, feel out attraction. It's like, we don't have to know for certain that we're into someone in order to flirt with them. It also another function is just to enjoy yourself, just to enjoy yourself because you want to, because you're feeling flirty. So um, I really look at flirting as a lifestyle. <laughs> flirting as a lifestyle of, um, playing in possibility and you can be you know you can be flirtatious in life with the barista with whatever with whomever and um it it doesn't always have to mean something it's it's a form of playing in in possibility and there's there's energy there's different energies to it too um we can obviously bring in sexual energy um we could bring in um a more like power-based challenging energy. Um, the, the way I describe it with my clients and, and also in my flirting school is um, it's, it's a challenging invitation slash inviting challenge. That's kind of the energy of, of flirtation. Um, and, and there's it's a dynamic art form. So there's various elements to it, but the four main energies that I teach around it are um, power, play, presence, and pleasure. And then, and of course we get creative with it, but ultimately when we're flirting, we're alchemizing those energies in some sort of way. So if he says, um, I think I used this example in uh, the podcast you might've listened to this morning, but um, if he says, uh, you know, you're just thinking of the tropey example, he says, well, I'll see you, see you at the bar tonight. And it's like, maybe if you you know if you play your cards right or you know it's it's an invitation it's a challenge it's it is that energy of maybe um it's the energy of the maybe and maybe is not definitive um yeah. and that's what's fun and that's like a, hu a huge part of attraction is um intrigue we don't know we're like we're a little bit on the edge of our seat we're like what's gonna happen i we're, we're so attracted to um to people when we're a little bit off balance They're, They say something and we're like, whoa, I did not know that about you. Whoa. And then it's like, we're kind of intrigued. We're like, what, what else do I not know about you? What, like, whoa, who are you? What are these facets of you? So it's flirtation. It's, it's really playing in this energy of maybe it's playing in this, it's opening this realm of possibility. Um, and it, it doesn't have to go anywhere. It really doesn't. And this is just something I want to emphasize to um, all of the listeners is that you, you don't have to know all the time. You don't have to know. And in dating too, right? Like um, I always say that a reason to go on a second date or a third date or a next date is if it feels like there's enough intrigue that you want to see that person again. That's, that's, we don't have to know, we meet them once and we're like, that is my future husband. We like, we don't know. We, we don't know. definitely don't know. <laughs> no, and yet our mind always wants to know. It's like, it's the, or yeah. the opposite. Like, oh, that's not my part. Like that person's exactly. not like, right. like how much we miss out on rather than just like relaxing and letting it organically unfold. And yeah. actually, yeah. And I love, I love that flirting is possibility. And I think like going back to the creativity, I, flirting is our birthright too, because mm -hmm. as kids, the kids are all flirting and especially babies toddlers they're just flirting with the world with butterflies with everybody in the grocery store there's this curiosity and this playfulness and this connectedness interconnectedness and 
I think that to me, and I love that you talk about the different flavors of flirting, because um, I just think that the the word flirting has been so uh, discombobulated because of patriarchy, and it's like it, this this expectation that to flirt means you want you have you want something from someone or you have to give something up, mm-hmm. and for for the women listening, like when you walk through the world with your heart open and you're willing to connect, like you said, with the barista, with whoever you like, I act actively practice this in my life, flirting with, you know, obviously it doesn't happen every day. If I have to be in my heart and in my body and to feel good, but I actively practice flirting with old people, young people with everyone. And often I get, I do get asked out by by people. And I just say, I lovingly set a boundary. Like the only, if you are scared to flirt, it's just because you're not in touch with your power and your ability to set boundaries and to speak your truth, Mm -hmm. because you absolutely can say, thank you so much. I'm so flattered that you asked me for coffee. It's a no for me, but you know, I wish you all the best. And, you know, maybe we'll bump into each other in the elevator again, or whatever the circumstances is like, you can keep your heart wide open and you can have your boundaries in place. And both need to exist simultaneously for you to feel confident and comfortable enough to lead with your heart in this way, but it absolutely can be done. And yeah, I just, I love this conversation so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with what you said of like the it, the fear of inviting is often um, the fear of the, that we won't be able to put a stop to something if, if yes. we want to. And yeah. we always can. We always yes. can. And this is, you yeah. know, especially for women too, there's so much, um, there's so much um, unlearning around uh, <laughs> um being pleasing all the time, mm-hmm. being pleasing. So I love um, what you said too, Catherine, about um, like you're flirting because you want to. It, and yes, of course we want like, you know, just like in sex, like, yes, it's about mutual pleasure and pleasing and like pleasing people isn't bad. It's not a big pendulum swing, but it's it's where are, you know, where are we pleasing people at the expense of ourselves or feel um, unsafe not being pleasing to someone because uh, maybe we've experienced verbal backlash or the world has told us and, and again and again and again and again that it's not okay or if that, you know, we were okay with it. If we were interested one minute, it's not, you know, then it's not okay to change your mind or, or any yes. of these. Yeah. Um, but, but coming back to the not knowing, um, I have a, a kind of idiom with my clients. I have all sorts of, uh, it sounds like you, you both do. I love how we're all like, I say to my clients all the time, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, these vernac- like little idioms that develop, but um, we call it, uh, I don't know city. Uh, we, we kind of have created this landscape and we um, there's, there's Maybeville where it's like, hmm, maybe, or like, I don't know, yeah. maybe I want it. I don't know, maybe. But, and there, there's a difference between like, I call it the, the cockroach room, which is like the waiting room. When, when you're in like Maybeville and you're in the waiting room, there's the waiting room that has like rusty nails and like really bad vibes and like cockroaches scuttling around. And then there's like the nice waiting room where mm. you're being served a drink and you're, you know, you're, lounging on a couch and and there's a distinct difference between those and I I see those so often get confused where it's like Mm. 
there's a difference between being in a, in a maybe, like an I don't know, of like, I don't, I don't know. Wow. Okay. I don't know yet. I don't know. And like, you don't have to know. In fact, yeah. if you won't know, you've met a fraction of this person. It's like, it's, yeah. you, you get to know, like intimacy comes through experiencing things together and building that and like building trust and all those things. But there's a distinct difference between that and the, I don't know if like, I don't know if he's going to call me. I don't know if he's going to, yes. like where it's actually, we feel our worthiness on the line potent, or like we fear our worthiness is on the line. Or if this, if he doesn't do this or doesn't say this, then it means this about me. And I also want to validate for anyone listening. Um, it's normal. <laughs> it's normal to have a little head action, especially when we're falling in love or dating and like, yeah, we are, you know, we are putting our hearts out there. Um, so just taking it slow, taking it slow and, and also recognizing that um, you're going to be okay, no matter what. And when, and when you come back to, okay, like the thing for my happiness is not a boyfriend. And of mm -hmm. course, like a, a really amazing relationship absolutely brings a lot to your life and enhances your life and like can brings a lot of fulfillment and, and happiness but it's not the fix it's not the fix and the more that we approach it as the fix the like more of a disempowering time we're going to have the more time we're going to spend in the cockroach room yes. <laughs> I freaking like, love that yeah yeah and also just knowing like I think it's so helpful for people to know that are, I, I call it the, um, uh, you call it the saboteur. I call it the, the ninja mind, which is something I got <laughs> from one of my coaches because it's uh, there to sneakily yes. assassinate your greatness and keep you mm -hmm. in your comfort zone. <laughs> but um, then, you know, it, it is normal for when we're interested in someone and we're feeling vulnerable for the ninja mind or kind of our our monkey mind or whatever you want to call it to get really active. But if you can know that ahead of time, yes, yes, uh, then you're like, oh, that's happening. I'm spinning my wheels, but I have a feel. Oh, okay. I, okay. That's what's happening. Okay. Um, so that's just another conceptual pillar um, too, of like understanding the landscape of all of this and like the, you know, the dynamics at play, there's dynamics within ourselves and there's norm normalcy in, in the process of getting vulnerable and intimate with someone. Um, and it does, it does take courage. It does. And that, that doesn't mean that it's uh, a huge, scary thing. Don't trust anyone. Um, it, it just means that it's, it's a courageous thing to open up our hearts. Um, especially if we have been hurt, which, you know, all of us have in some way or other. Um, but if we're actively healing that and like really allowing the process of dating to be healing as well, um, yes. it's really amazing. Yes. Not letting the ninja mind lead the date is so yes, important exactly. and, lead the, and lead the aftermath after the date. Exactly. Um, and I love the metaphor so much of the cockroach, the, the two different types of maybes. And even just watching your, obviously it's a podcast so they can't see your facial expressions, but even just watching you 
energetically in the like the maybe room that's beautiful and it's like let the maybe room be fun you know and and like keep dating other people in the maybe room but like let the maybe room be fun and versus the cockroach room is like that is like how we create our own suffering around dating is like you get to choose and you know we have many many episodes to support the experience of dating and and now you now you know Cora and there's just like dating it can be well any life experience it can be you know the ninja mind or the saboteur mind actually leading the experience in which case it's going to be torture and painful and and if you go and you know, collaborate with all your girlfriends, they'll probably have the same perspective. Yeah. Like men suck. There's no men in your city. You got to move to another place. You got to mm-hmm. like maybe become a lesbian or whatever, like that blaming the external versus the maybe room is just like, oh, I'm just going to actually notice my saboteur thoughts, notice my monkey mind, your ninja mind um, list it, you know, being afraid of all of these things. And mm-hmm. I'm going to allow myself to lean back and let this organically unfold because trust, I mean, mm-hmm. trust is built over time and trust comes from us learning how to trust ourselves. And if you're letting your mind lead the way and you're trying to find safety in the other person on date one, two, three, four, five, you're, you're, it's the wrong focus. Like mm-hmm. when you stay rooted in yourself and you stay rooted and connected to your own guidance and your own truth. And in the moment when the person asks you out again, hmm, okay, it's a yes in this moment. You know, it was a maybe, I was playing in the maybe room and like right now it's feeling like a yes. So I'll say yes, instead of pre-planning your future with them or, you know, already imagining yourself on the date, just allowing yourself to be in the experience. And then over time you learn that you have the guidance within you if something's aligned or not. And it's not, you know, I always hear women say, oh, I don't trust women or I don't trust men or, and it's like, you, you can trust when you actually trust yourself because your mm-hmm. body knows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And I think, you know, especially in, in hetero dating, and this is um, something I'm really passionate about is just kind of clearing that up and kind of in the liaison position that I'm in of like, that story, you know, and it comes from pain and it comes from experiences and it comes from, as we know, also a long history of toxicity and distortion. Uh, (laughs) But there, there's so many amazing guys. There's so many amazing guys who really, really want a relationship and really want to meet someone. And if you're looking like just starting to track them and count like, Oh, that guy's awesome. That guy's awesome not that attracted him, but he's awesome. And then actually letting, um, letting dating be that of, Oh, okay. This person wasn't for me, but this person showed me, um, right. do you guys know Lacey Phillips and expanders? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I use that with my clients too. It's like yeah. people you date get to be expanders for you. So to explain for anyone who's listening, who doesn't know, it's basically someone who shows you something is possible. Um, and there can be, people can expand us in a lot of different ways, but let's say, you know, you went on a date with a guy and you were really excited about it and it went really well. And then you got a text from him later and that said, Hey, thanks so much. Like that, you know, that was really fun. I'm not seeing this move forward romantically, but just wanted to wish you well. And then we could go to, it's like, what meaning are we making of that? Or yes. we could go to fuck, there's no one out there for me, there's nothing, or we could look at, oh, wow, what a beautiful example of, like, a high-integrity man communicating what's true for him, 
thank you, right? Like that's an expansion, that's an expansion. So if we're collecting those experiences, it's really what are we focusing on? Um, what are we focusing on and what meaning are we making from things? And that's where when we do approach the process as this avenue for, for personal growth and um, exploration, it's um, there's always value in every single experience we have if we're open to looking for it. Um, yeah. But if we're interpreting everything, and I know for, you know, just, I know for many people hearing this, they're like, yeah, but it's not that easy. It's not that. And I, I, I know, right. Of like, it can feel very dense. And when we're in a lot of frustration and when we're in a lot of, um, insecure, you know, self-doubt or any of these things, just, just continuing to absorb and, and trust that this is true. This is true when we bring it back to ourselves and like, what, what are all the ways that you can um, grow your confidence that don't have to do with dating so that you can come to dating from not this is the thing that makes me or breaks me this is mm -hmm. this is a fun process of connection and getting to meet different people and learn through the process and every experience that i have if i take if i look for the meaning in it and the value in it that is preparing me for whatever is coming you know to the point where um i think um you know, a lot of people can feel so discouraged of it's another wasted date, another waste, another waste. Like it doesn't have to be. And, and you can say, oh, that sucked. That was absolutely terrible. What, what did I learn from that? Oh, yes. maybe I learned. I, I Okay. I'm going to filter better moving forward. I'm going to trust myself. I'm going to trust my instinct more moving forward. But if you can take even that meaning, that is a valuable experience. And all of these experiences you're having, um, the process, it, like it is about the process, but if we are to look at it in a linear way it, and like from that mindset of, um, you know, end goal is husband or not, not even end goal because it's then it's, you're, you, you don't, you know, it's not over. Then you have a relationship and everyone acts like it though. Navigate <laughs> yeah. all these things. So like, the wedding was the it. best day of my life. Now it's all downhill from here. Like, are you kidding me? Like that better not have been the best day. Exactly. Exactly. So it, like, if we're looking at it, um, not so much with the end goal, but with the intention of, yeah. I am really available for a serious relation. Like I really am desiring a serious committed relationship even the dates that we go on that aren't like, that aren't the one they're we're, they're preparing us for, it's, it's all preparation. If we're going to look at it in that linear way, which we can, we can hold both simultaneously. Um, Cause you know, some people are dating cause they want to enjoy themselves and they want to have fun and connect. And, and some people are like, yep, let's go ready. Like, let's go. And, and either one is fine and there's different approaches to both, but it's not like it's holding your intention and yourself and not giving your power away to get so angry at other people when they're not the thing, because mm. that's, they're just, they're just not the thing. It's, yeah. it's not that they're betraying you or being terrible by not being the thing. It's just, you need to be able to see, ah, 
that's not the thing for me. Okay, redirect. So yes. yeah, it, it's um, it's 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 so much more nuanced. It's and it's that's what's fun about it for me. Yes. That's what's interesting about it. It's poetic. It's it's a meaningful. It's nuanced. And when we can embrace the nuance of it, um, that is gives quality to the experience that gives quality to the experience it's not just oh am i gonna quality men only it's like that's the wall energy and i think that there is a confusion between boundaries and walls often yes yes it's like well i just have strong it's like whoo that like no that's a wall that's yeah. a wall yes. um and there, there can be a filter there can be a standard but ultimately it's not like being enraged with other people for not being what you think they should be because that's just giving your power away it's oh okay that's great information what am i going to do with that and what am i going to do with that information and what choices am i going to make yes and that's when the mind either is enraged with other people and blaming them or blaming ourselves and thinking there's something wrong with us and if only i was xyz then i would be a fit for that guy and yeah and i just like just on the piece of making meaning it's like if you're going to make meaning which your mind is going to do like make a better meaning make one that feels good right like okay that date that was a that was an amazing experience wow i thought we had an, an a connection he didn't feel a connection so interesting like what what did i learn what did I, how am i going like shift your focus cuz we can always shift where we're putting our attention and you know instead of making all the meaning about how men suck or how you suck you can choose to write a different script you can choose to make a different meaning and to look at it through a different lens and i think that's what you know this this whole episode is about is just like coming from a different lens create like building new evidence creating a new experience for yourself so that you can use this as a place of in, like dating as an opportunity to empower yourself as opposed to disempower yourself. And the, the old paradigm of love and dating is disempowerment completely. A hundred percent. Yep. Yep. <laughs> My brain is going like a thousand miles <laughs> a minute. I'm like, holy shit. If I open my mouth, I'm going to say like way too many things. And I, I, the main thing is hope and wish. Like I have to keep coming back to that. The old paradigm is you wish and hope, or you control. Those mm -hmm. are the only options you have. You're exactly. either princess on the sidelines, hoping and wishing you get it right. It's like Russian roulette. Like I'm taking bets right on whether or not something's going to work out, or I'm controlling and manipulating every single thing, trying to get a boyfriend, trying to get it right. Like what did that webinar say? Oh yeah. <laughs> like rather than I'm a sovereign being with inherent worth and value. What behaviors align with what I say I want? Mm -hmm. Period. Yep. And I and I at the end of the day, like that's not it's not that hard. <laughs> like no, like when really you simple. take when you take yep. responsibility for yourself and you remember, wait a second, I'm making choices, and what what am I learning? What is happening for me? I honestly, I said to a client the other day that I think I, I do like life being a, a playground, dating being a playground, but I ended up saying that life is, if you see your life as meditation, like why do we meditate? We meditate to discipline our mind, period. 
That's why you meditate so that you sit still and you're breathing into your heart and your mind is like, oh, don't forget the groceries. Oh, you have an itch on your butt. Oh, what that conversation yesterday. It's like, I'm not going to get up. I'm going to breathe. And that's what that's life, right? Oh, I'm distracted. I'm avoiding. I'm reaching for my phone, but I'm paying. But this is what's in front of me right now. Oh, my ninja mind is going, but wait a second, come back to my heart. Like the heart of who you are is like the sun right? Like just because the clouds are out, hasn't gone away. Just because you can't see it, it's pouring rain or it's nighttime on, on one side of the world, the sun is still there. Like the truth of who you are is there. And the whole point is to live your life from that truth. And I honestly, I, yes, the problem is that we think the end game is finding a partner, but we forget that so much of the reason why relationships fail is because we give ourselves up in them. We stop doing all the things that made us wildly magnetic and attractive and fun in the first place. And one of the books that changed my life, we've had a lot of book suggestions today, <laughs> Mastery of Love by Don yes. Miguel Ruiz. Um, I actually gift most of my clients that book. And I remember understanding that book in a way that always, like I never had words what was happening in my heart until I read that book. And I was like, oh, wow, this is it. And there's a point where he says, you actually can be married to different people for the rest of your life. When you wake up every morning and you sit across the table from that person saying, who are you today? Mm. And that's how I, that's how I do my marriage. Like, who are you today? Who are we going to be today? Who do we freaking want to be today? Right. Do you know that I love you today? You're not resting on yesterday's love. Right. And making it a point to not only make myself happy, but last time I checked, don't we want to make the people we love feel good? (laughs) Like we get stingy with love, right? We're all, we're all caught up in our fear and our insecurities and our doubt. And then we stop being generous with our love and generous with our hearts, which for me is what flirting is. Flirting Mm -hmm. is generosity, right? Mm -hmm. Generosity with the truth of who I am. Generosity with my courage, generosity with my curiosity, generosity with play and helping people remember that. And all it takes is one person to bring that energy. Like when I think of the awkwardness of dating, it's like, as soon as someone lets themselves be funny or like lets themselves do the awkward thing. Like, like I think I freaking like tripped when I walked into my date with Andrew. Like I, and then that's the opening. And we, and we remember it's like walking on the beach and you see the person like dancing, having the time of your life. Don't you totally want to go dance with that person? Like you're totally like when they're just in it, not like, Oh, come dance with me, please come dance with me. I hope you dance with me. Just I'm having the time of my fucking life. Like life is so good. You want to be around that person. And we overcomplicate it. We, we read way too many fucking blogs and watch too many three-step process YouTube videos until you remember that like you are love, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. you are the magnetism, you are the flirt and you always have been and don't ever lose that because this is your freaking life. Yeah. This is your life. And the only, I do have to say about trust, because this is a big thing. And a child says, I trust you'll never hurt me. That That's child naive trust. That's appropriate. And obviously we get that that doesn't always happen because parents do harm and they do hurt and they and and they make mistakes. But adult trust, adults, this is like grown up love. Adults say, I trust myself with whatever you do. Hmm. Self-trust is I trust myself with whatever happens. So it's back to what you said, Kate, about boundaries. Like, the most necessary self-trust is I trust myself with whatever you do. 
the second you do something that's out of alignment, I'm either going to have a conversation about it or I'm going to see that this is not the relationship for me, right? Like we forget that we actually have choice. Like we're still behaving like children when dating and then wondering why it's really hard looking for the perfect parent mm-hmm. who will never make up, make mistakes or, you know, not get it right. So th- that, that self, self-trust is I trust myself with whatever happens. And that's when you have your power. It's like, I can handle whatever happens. And that's when you can be in the mystery. That's when it's so fun. That's when it's like, oh, I want to wait in the fun waiting room, not the cockroach. Mm -hmm. I'm in the cockroach waiting room when I do not trust myself with whatever happens and I need to control what happens. And I'm so many women are fucking fine sitting in the cockroach room and they think that's as good as as it's going to get. I'm totally going to be borrowing that. (laughs) generosity I love that I wrote yes, that so too. good that's so good and I I couldn't agree more it's 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 our life force it's allowing yeah. our it's our yes. expressing our life force and like that's what magnetizes that's what um you know and so many people don't feel you know ha- have had a lot of experiences where they were told that wasn't okay or that, that they weren't good enough or, or that was interpreted from what was what happened. So it's like you actively healing yourself and, and doing that through experience too. It's not just, you know, it's, there's so many ways to heal that. And uh, one of the biggest ways is through doing, <laughs> through having experiences and interpreting differently. Um, and I love what you said too about trust and, um, uh, kind of child trust being like, I, I, I trust you to do, what did you say? I trust you'll never hurt me. Like that kind of naive, like blissful, it'll always get right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, like that mindset, it's viewing relationships as static and that's, that's the mindset we want to shift out of is that like they're not they're alive and we feed them life and they feed us life and it's like the way I think of it is it's like its own entities the relationship and the individuals and then the relationship is nurturing the individuals and the individuals are nurturing the relationship and there's this like beautiful uh, like regenerative energy happening um but the good ones (laughs) Yeah, in the good ones. In the really good ones. <laughs> in the really good ones, exactly. Um, and I love what you said too about self-trust is uh, I trust myself. Um, with whatever you do. Whatever you do. Yeah, like whatever you do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No matter what happens, I trust myself to know what to do. I can handle anything. Like that's where self-trust comes in. I can handle whatever happens. Mm-hmm. Whatever happens. hmm and we all have thus far. We all have. We're here. <laughs> we're here. So like bringing attention back to that in moments where we're just like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Well, it's going to happen. Like, whew, you felt that way before and, and you navigated it and you will again. 
And we, and until right. you have the awareness is like when we don't have the awareness of these parts of ourselves and these protective mechanisms and the inner child and the ninja and the saboteur and all these parts taking over, they just are leading and you don't know and you're suffering. But when you wake up and say, oh, wait, I'm choosing to be available to the unavailable man. I'm choosing it over. Oh, I can choose something different. Now you're building safety within yourself. Now you're building trust within yourself. And I want I want to speak to the flirtation again, too. Cause I feel like the energy of flirtation is the biggest gift that you can give anyone. Like it's, I think of like, it, it's like this leaving a sprinkle fairy dust everywhere you go. How, how, you know, in the moments where I'm super connected to my heart and when I'm, when I'm in Greece, um, when I do retreats in Greece, um, well, I, I have one in October. I haven't done one since 2019 pre pandemic, but, um, when I'm in Europe, something just turns on in me and it's like, I don't have to try. I don't have to do my rituals to get that feeling. I just feel so embodied and so in my heart and so connected to the present moment, which I think is really common when people travel. It's like, it allows us to step into these parts of ourselves that we might not have as easy access to when we're at home. And there's like my flirtation is on an all time high. And I just think of like all the like old men who are so touched by my heart, by me being present with them, by me connecting and being curious and interested and old women and, and children. And it's just like allowing yourself. It's really like sprinkling your essence everywhere you go and allowing yourself to, to be present where you are and allowing people to see you and allowing yourself to see other people. And I just think, you know, today in the year 2021, like this is, we are living in a very disconnected, disassociated society, especially in the Western world, technology and people being on their phones all the time. And there's such a disassociation from each other. And now with COVID and masks and like, it is at an all time high of disconnection and you know, I live in Vancouver, Seattle, similar weather where it rains a lot and people are quite internal. Like there's, there's quite a, like I used to play games where I would walk, I would walk an hour and I would, I would say, you know, I'd say good morning to any person who actually connected eyes with me. And like, I would walk for an hour and only maybe three people would even look me in the eye. And so people are just so disconnected, but when you actually can drop into those moments of connection, you have no idea what, like what, ripple effect that is having on every single person you touch, like how many people are working, you know, say at the grocery store and all day long, they're just ringing groceries, not making out nobody's, nobody's interacting. And then you come along with your flirtatious fairy dust and you open-heartedly curious connect, you know, playfulness, lightness, whatever, like you have no idea the impact that's going to have on their life. And so I just feel like it's just this like epic gift that you can spread everywhere you go by being in the energy of flirtation. And then you never know, like one, one day you might be sitting on an airplane bantering with the person next to you. And then that's your future husband. You never know, like you never know where it will lead, but to lead not from not from trying to get something, but actually just from allowing your essence to impact everyone you, everyone you meet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. I love that you describe. I have a huge thing about fairies, so I love. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love fairy dust. I sometimes my clients come sometimes call me the love fairy because I'm. Uh. I, <laughs> that's perfect. Um, uh, yeah, absolutely. I and I so hear you. It's Seattle too, and you know, going back to like place and people, you know, being like, it's the city, it's the place. Honestly, I can really say for working with clients all over the place, it's people say that everywhere. 
It's yes. <laughs> everywhere, yeah. everywhere. Yes. Um, yeah. and, and Seattle too, you know, a lot of, it, I think Seattle has been voted the worst city for dating for a couple of years in a row. And <laughs> that's also what I, I'm curious what the metrics are on it. I don't know. I was going to say. Yeah, I'm curious what the metrics are, but um, that is definitely like a narrative here is that it's like, it's terrible. It's so hard to meet people. And it is more of an introverted culture too. Yes. Like Vancouver. And I moved here from New Orleans, which is the like, very uh, introverted. <laughs> yeah. So I got here and I was like, hello. <laughs> um, but what, what I have found and, and what I tell my clients too, and, and to your point is that like people are feeling disconnected. So if you're someone who's offering connection, it's actually, yes. if you're the one, mm-hmm. if you're someone who's willing to do that, it's actually not hard. It's actually yes. not because there's such a desire for it. You're, you get to you get to be so refreshing for yeah, everyone. Yeah, you get to stand out. Exactly. I think exactly. like whenever Catherine talks about her online dating experiences and how she was, every guy wanted a second date. And, and last time I was single, I had that experience too, where it was just so like, it was so easy. And it's because of who, it's not because of who we are. It's because of who we're being. It's, mm-hmm. it's when you are walking through the world with your heart open and you're actually present in the moment, you stand out. You're the unicorn amongst all the sheep, all the people that are just like, go to work, pay the bills, do the thing, go on a date, do like check the, check the boxes versus like actually being in life and dancing with Mm -hmm. life and actually being in the experience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's not who you are. It's who you're being. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, yes. God, we dropped so many good nuggets. So many. <laughs> well, I'm like, so we need like whole five more hours. <laughs> yeah. But Cora, thank you for sprinkling your fairy dust all over our podcast episode oh. today. Yes. My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. This is such a nourishing conversation. I'm like, I feel like <laughs> <Yeah>. so good. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Come alive. Come alive. You are the most attractive, magnetic, and I mean, it's for you. Like at the end of the day, like that's the message of today. Like your superpower is flirting and the recognition that your life force is flirting. Flirting is generous. Flirting is the gift you give yourself first, the permission Mm -hmm. to be playful and powerful and in pleasure. And what was your last one? Presence the four energies of flirting. So thank you. 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 Any last wisdom fairy balls (laughs) you want to to drop? Christmas balls like <laughs> yeah that's really like fairy lights fairy lights fairy lights yes twinkles little twinkles yeah I, I you summarized it so well it's really um looking at I think even this conversation is a good example because I feel so energized after this conversation. It's like we put energy into this conversation and we, um, I'm, I'm leaving with a lot of energy, with more energy. And it's similar with the relationship and kind of what I was talking about of like regenerative energy. Um, creativity is a regenerative energy too. It's something we put energy in and we get energy from and it, it exponentiates and, and flirtation really is too. So just um, getting curious, getting playful and flirting with the possibilities of how 
you can bring more regenerative energy into your love life um, mm. so that it, it gets to be something that um, nourishes you because it really does. Awesome. Love that. Love that. And so how do, um, how does everyone find you? You, you, I'm so glad you chat, you talked about all your programs that you have available. I'm sure everyone's going to want to move to Seattle for those <laughs> events <laughs> when, when the pandemic's over. Yeah. So my website is coraboydcoaching.com. Um, my Instagram is at the coraboyd. Uh, not to be confused with the other core void. <laughs> um, and um, my podcast is Pillow Talk Radio. Um, and I have some uh, podcast episodes there about flirting. And then at my uh, flirting school, there's a digital course version of it that's on my website mm. called uh, Flirt Harder. Um, then Magnetics Love School. And then I I'm, I'm, um, also have one called Turned On. Uh, which is my creativity and regenerative energy program. Um, and that also has a digital course version um, on my website. Um, if you want to dive into, if anyone wants to dive in ASAP. And then I'm, um, if you just track on my Instagram or on my, um, get on my mailing list, whenever I create something new, um, that's where I'm sharing it. So um, stay it. tuned. Thank Amazing. you so, so much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Yes, thank you so much. This is amazing. Hi, it's Kate. Thanks so much for listening to the New Truth Podcast. For more of Catherine and I, come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group. We are in there. That's where we're sharing all about our programs and our free workshops that we do. Um, you can come join us there and ask as many questions as you want about the podcast episodes, about dating, relationships, any struggles you're having out there. We would love to support you. So come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group and we will see you soon.